Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cycling Dads podcast, a podcast for cycling dads. I am uh, a co-host Aaron Thomas-Smith with my co-host Devin Palmer. Devin Palmer, Remax results. <laughs> and uh, uh, we are here today uh, just, just talking about uh, how our lives have changed uh, pre and post kids in regards to cycling. Um, this is a podcast that is is all about uh, how to uh, uh, stay on the bike uh, after you make uh, the change into becoming a father, um, and it will be a series of interviews with other dads who have made this similar life decision and uh, tips, tricks, uh, funny stories, whatever they got for uh, uh, for that. Aaron, let's just out of the gate let the people know that we are qualified to discuss these topics. So, Aaron. You yourself are a father of how many? I am a father of, of two lovely children. I have two. A... You're doing great numbers. Okay, <laughs> two. That's good. Congrats. I'm at, I'm at one. I'm a chapter behind you, but I'm there. I've got one. I've got my foot in the door. You okay, got one. So we're both dads. You have a dog too. So it's like 1.5. If you want to call a dog a kid, you go right ahead. Okay. Yeah, yeah I think I think 1.5. I, that, I know that's a, a source of contention in our uh, in our circle over whether or not dogs qualify as children um cats definitely not i also definitely have not cats. no way um, no chance so both dads we're both in cycling we both come in come at it from different places i came to cycling from triathlon you came from um video games i don't know what you did before it doesn't really matter that much <laughs> um, but we're both dads who ride and it's been a big part of our life um for fitness for social uh and also in a professional capacity so it's a big been a huge thing for both of us and we've both gone through this transition um and we're we're writing new chapters obviously as dads and figuring out how cycling will continue to fit into our lives uh going forwards so you i've been in just just real quick uh, a little background on myself um my name's uh, aaron uh, thomas smith i have been involved in the cycling industry for the better just over a decade now um i have been riding bikes uh since 2009 um, I picked it up as an adult uh, in college. I was uh, really excited about, um, uh, I believe Tommy Vokler actually, I saw him on the cover of Velo News and that's what kind of kind of got me and very quickly dropped out of college and started working at a bike shop and, and just worked my way up from there. And um, I've had a blog and I've had a number of different, uh, I've promoted a number of different events and I'm a, I'm a proud member of Birchwood Bike Team, which is a local cycling club that's been around for a long time. Um, what about you, Devin? How, how did you find the sport and, you know, what, what are you doing? What, what brought you to kind of where you are now? I came into cycling from triathlon. So in Ooh. high school, I swam and ran, had tremendous ambition, but pretty limited talent. I found myself at the U of M, um, a big 10 level school. I had the audacity to email Steve Plasencia, the running coach. Um, and as soon as he heard my mile and two mile times, I never heard from him again. So I kind of had this chip on my shoulder, like I had great ambition with sports, but I just didn't have the ability to compete at that collegiate level. Um, so I kind of wound up in triathlon where my mediocre swimming, my mediocre running, uh, paired with some mediocre cycling, I was pretty good and I really enjoyed it. So uh, in 07, I started racing triathlon and I raced triathlon very seriously through 2015. So I put a decade into that while in college, I was racing triathlon and I dabbled a little in bike racing specifically with the U of M cycling club. Um, 
And then I, after college, I wasn't directly um, doing any bike races, but then I came back to it in retirement from triathlon. I came over to cycling again because um, it is quite a bit more social than triathlon. So it was a blast for me through the years 16, 17, and through a little bit of 2018 to be around the road racing scene here in Minnesota, um, just to so, have some great group rides to go on and more of the social aspects. What was the first bike race that you, you ever did? Just out of curiosity. Uh, it would have been in the spring of 07. And uh, you know, the U of M team, we would tour the little other Midwestern colleges. I, I honestly can't remember which race I did first. Well, because uh, but it was is like you do a, a time trial, a road race, and then a crit usually in a yep. weekend. You do all three in a weekend. Or I don't know if we always did a time trial, but usually we'd do all three. My, my very first race was a time trial. Um, it was the St. Peter time trial put on by Grand Performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, did it in the rain, uh, 40K. Uh, if anyone uh, listening is from the Midwest, you might know the name Jordan Cullen. Uh, yep. Jordan Cullen completely demolished me. Uh, Jordan with the good hair. Was he 12 at the time? He was. Yep. Absolutely destroyed me. Uh, when I got done, I could not move my legs. Um, and I had to be carried back into the uh, church where they do registration um, so that I could warm up enough and, and get moving again. But that was my very first bike race. It was it was a blast. It was a ton of fun. And you did that 40K in about 80 minutes, you said? Uh, I'm, uh, I, I do not even remember the time. To be honest, I don't. I remember being was, really proud of it. I think. I think. It was it clear it, enough that that when I said eighty minutes, that was an insult? Was that clear? I. I. It was very clear. Yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> okay. Just clarifying. So, Devin, where were you before? When I first raced Jordan in a time trial, I was in my early twenties. He was sixteen. It was the TNT time trial series on uh, the west side. Yeah. Yep. I think I was like twenty-one. It would have been 08. I was on a time trial bike for the first time that year um and the the tnt races are more like 10 or 12 miles um yep but i had a so-so effort and then he clipped in ahead of, or like i was looking at the results and it's like i didn't know the name but then uh my co-workers at gear west noticed hey devin this guy right in front of you was 16 and i was like oh like they do. no that's what co-workers are for yeah, I was reminded of that quite a few times. So, so where you, you, you have one, uh, you have a daughter, um, yep. and, and her name is Svea. Svea. And, and how old is Svea? She will be 17 months tomorrow. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. So, so you're, you're pretty new to the, the cycling dad thing. Um, where were you at before Svea was born in your, in your cycling uh, uh, journey? So coming out of triathlon, I retired to cycling and was semi-serious in 16 and 17. And I say semi-serious, I was never serious about racing, but I was riding about 10,000 miles both of those years. Then in 2018, my life got a little more complicated. I started a startup in addition to my W2 job and then transitioned away from my W2 job. So 18, I really, I fell apart on the mileage and the fitness a little bit in 2019 I was, I kind of gave up on riding. Um, so I wasn't riding very seriously in 2019. I was just, I went back to running. So I was running um, at a pretty recreational level. 
through 2019 into Svea's birth. When Svea arrived in 2019, late in the summer, I basically took three months where the only real activity I was doing was just walking, mm-hmm. uh, just walking the dog. So in my life, I, once I started being an athlete with swimming and running in high school, the longest stretch I'd ever taken as a sedentary person was I took about a month after my first Ironman in 2010. I was just a sedentary guy <clears throat> just to recover. That was totally unnecessary, but I did it. Um, I'd put off, I was in grad school. I'd put off a lot of homework to prepare for the Ironman. The Ironman was in November. So I really had a lot of midterms and projects to do. Uh, that probably contributed to the sedentary stretch. So one month had been the longest stretch of being idle. Three months, I had, you know, my first three months as a dad, you're living in chaos as well. I gained quite a bit of weight. I was not feeling great. So I came back, um, coming out of that, I started doing classes at the fix studio Mm -hmm. just to have a little structure, have a little social aspect to it. And it really helped pick me up, um, and got me back into more of a rhythm with riding. And throughout 2020, I've just balanced, I'm doing about three runs per week, about four rides per week right now. Um, as we start 2021 so, so triathlon it's it's seeping back you it's, find yourself it's gravitating towards bodies of water down <laughs> just so thirsty to jump in a lake no it's been <laughs> now that we're feeling a little more stable with our day-to-day lives um with the kiddo um we're both my wife and i are both finding <clears throat> finding our groove again with fitness she's just doing running but she i, I shouldn't say just doing running she's running and then um, rides a few times a week as well. That's great. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's it was kind of a brutal, um, brutal journey back to regain a little bit of fitness, but I'm feeling much better now starting 2021 than even a year ago, looking at, um, how I was feeling on the bike then. So you're, you're two kids in what was, <laughs> what was it like for you, um, as you made the transition? Uh, so, <laughs> uh, about, about just over just over five years ago now, uh, my son was born and, and uh, August, uh, and he's, he's five years old. And then I have a daughter, Lila, who just turned three. Um, and August, uh, when August came in the world, I was kind of on a, a cycling high. I was working at a shop. I just started working as a rep in the industry. Um, I was kind of doing both at the same time. And I was also uh, really committed to my blog at the time, the Minneapolis Muset. And I was also doing a lot of events. Um, so I was announcing races and I was putting on events and, you know, just trying to be a, a, a positive member of the Minneapolis and St. Paul cycling community. Uh, and when August came, uh, it was right when I was starting my travel for uh, uh, being a cycling rep. And because of that, I, I really didn't get to slow down so much. Um, I, I kind of kept up my mileage for the year. That is also the year I completed the D2R2, which if anyone's familiar with that ride, it's out in Vermont. Um, I did the 90 mile version. I believe there's a 120 mile version, uh, but the 90 mile version has just over 11,000 feet of climbing on Vermont Sturt roads, which I thought would be nicer than Almanzo. Not the case. Uh, uh, they're basically riverbeds uh, with... Uh, <laughs> With rocks in the middle, they're incredibly difficult to navigate, and I that took me just over 12 hours to complete the 90 miles, and I was completely destroyed at the end. But still in pretty good shape. I was I was in pretty good shape that whole time, um, and I kind of kept that going uh, through August. But 
um, or, or through the first years with August. Um, and uh, pretty quickly after that, um, I started to get a little bit discouraged about losing fitness in road cycling, as you know, Devin, you were kind of talking about. And instead of, you know, kind of working to get that back, I made the pivot into mountain biking. And this was at the same time that my employer started sponsoring the high school mountain biking league. So I had the opportunity to kind of travel around and do a lot of mountain biking rides in various different rad locales, Bentonville, Georgia, um, New York, um, the kingdom trails, all those really great, um, uh, trails and rides. And that was a ton of fun. But the thing about mountain biking is if you're not doing it super consistently, let's say you're only doing it once a month during your trip, uh, you're not gonna lose weight and you're not going to stay in shape. You're going to gain weight and you're going to fall out of shape. And that's exactly what happened to me. So, so to just to recapping, mm-hmm. this is important fitness data <laughs> being sedentary for three months not a good way to lose weight or feel good. Not great. Nope. Mountain biking once per month may not maintain your weight or help you feel fit or strong. No, especially with after you're done with that, you're going out and getting beers and pizza with the gays. So it's, uh, so after that, I, I made a quick detour into running, uh, quickly yep. discovered that was not the thing for me. So congrats to you to be able to do three runs a week. I destroyed myself trying to do that. Um, and then I got a little bit discouraged, but, uh, uh, I found what brought me back, uh, interestingly enough was weight training, lifting weights in the gym. Um, I discovered that shortly after Lila was born, uh, as a way to kind of stay sane, you yep. know, I didn't have time to get on the bike. I didn't have time to do kind of my free, um, children thing of, you know, doing the one hour, the two, one hour rides a week. Uh, uh, and then on the weekends getting out and doing like a three or four or five hour ride. I just didn't have the time for that. That didn't work into my life, but I could, after the kids were down or before they got up, I could go to the gym. I could, you know, lift some weight. I could listen to angry music. Um, and I found myself getting stronger on the bike, even though I wasn't riding the bike. And so that was the thing that really clicked for me last year. And this year I'm kind of carrying that forward where, I'm really focusing on weight training and I'm really focusing on, you know, stupidly enough, trying to get big, um, which is funny because in cycling, I'm always trying to get small. So no matter where I am right now on the spectrum, I'm moving towards one of my goals. (laughs) I always play, I play both sides. So I always come out on top. Uh, And I, I find that, you know, as I like, I'll, I'll designate quarters of the year to like, this is when I'm, you know, really focusing on weight training. And this is when I'm focusing on riding and, uh, and Zwift. Zwift is actually what did it for me. Like he's a video games. Um, Zwift racing is just a super fun, engaging way for me to take everything I love about racing, but that I can't, I can't accept the risk anymore because of my kids, because I have to be there for them because I have to, you know, clean and cook and, and take care of them. So I can't afford. You cannot them. go to a Tuesday crit and risk coming home with a broken clavicle. I can't, and I sure as hell can't afford a new bike. Yep. Um, so it, it really, you know, weight training and, and, uh, uh, Zwift racing has been this thing that's brought me back. And, um, as I find myself with more time, as my kids get older and, you know, they don't need me hundred percent of the time. Um, I I'm kind of branching out a little bit and getting, trying to get more involved with my local club with Birchwood, um, trying to do more to, to get other people on bikes. That's something that's always been important to me is sharing my love of cycling with other people. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. It, it's weight training, it's swift and uh, club activity. So that's kind of what keeps me, uh, 
on the bike and feeling fit and feeling good. Cause we know that if we're not on the bike, we don't, we don't feel good. No, not at all. No. And then you're not, uh, you're not thriving in the other aspects of your life as, as you would want to be. Yeah. We should mention we're the co-founders of the cool dads cycling club. So you're, you race, or I shouldn't say race because you don't race except on Swift and debatable whether that's really racing topic for another day. It's real racing. It is. Real. It's real racing for video game players. Um, so that's, you're there, but we're also on Cool Dad Cycling Club, which is just another initiative like, hey, dads, go riding. Um, I am, of course, I would say you're the co-founder and I would say I'm the founder of Cool Dad Cycling Club. I, I'd say I'm the secretary and you're the president and founder. That's, I think that's fair to say. Um, <laughs> I also ride with uh, 110 Racing um, out of the, the 110 out in Mendota Heights there. Um, so we both like the social engagement of being part of uh, part of some clubs, part of a community. Um, we've both found that to be important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Leading rides is, I, I, you know, I remember coming up through the ranks and, and I had a very, I would say kind of nineties uh, way of being brought up through cycling in which I would go out on rides uh, with two or three individuals and they would take me out halfway out to Mendota or whatever and just drop my ass. And then, <laughs> and then I just have to find my way home. And I would do that until, you know, I could stay a little bit more on a little bit more on a little bit more on and, and kind of learn the whole, uh, you know, and then, you know, if I'm, if I pull too hard or whatever, I've really appreciated the rather negative feedback that I got from the, from the people on the front. But I try to, I try to do that for uh, um, people just with a little bit less yelling, uh, a little bit more, uh, more care. But that's something that's really important to me is, is helping people learn how to enjoy, you know, a, a good group ride. A good group ride yep. is fantastic. Well, and setting the right, because a group ride is such a social it's a, a beast in and of itself and you have to set the right tone and the right dynamic and kind of that old school mentality is awesome, but is not welcoming or easy um, to, sh to shepherd new people along and help them build their confidence and fitness and skill level. Um, the old school way is a tough, it's a tougher sell right now. It really is. It really is. And it exists out there for those who, who want it. And I, like I said, I'm thankful for it. It's, it's been a, I literally have been screamed at uh, midway through a ride for pulling too hard and blowing up the group. And I will never forget that. And because of which I'm pretty sure I have a trauma. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, that's why I'm good at riding in front of a group. That's why I'm good at leading people in a, in a ride as I know, you know, what are the things that it's, it's really a collective, right? It's not about the individual. It's not about getting the town science sprint. It's about making sure everyone's able to enjoy the ride and get back home safely. So. As you do mention town science sprints, uh, my premier accolade in my return to cycling. So in the years 2016, 17, 18, I won three or four road races. No big deal. My biggest achievement. What? Oh, and no big deal. Hey, no big deal. Hey, no big deal. Cap, truly, they were cap four, so it really isn't a big deal. Um, what were the races? Birchwood. You won Birchwood? Yeah. The what? Cat four what? Race. The what? The capital? The the Cat 4 race. Well, right. Okay. Cat 4 race. But what, what won? Six, 2016, I won Birchwood. The was road race. It was Hutch? Mm hmm So you, okay. So I promoted that race and you won it. Yeah. So now people are going to assume that I rigged it. I mean, you're welcome. 
<laughs> I won the Ken Woods race in 17, and I won the lacrosse road race in 17. And was it snowing at Ken Woods? No, it was fine. It was a nice day. That's I housed it. our friend um, Sam Sam. It's never been nice at Ken Woods. No, it was nice. What? It was nice. Not, not for Sam Sam because I smoked him, but it was nice. <laughs> oh, Sam Sam. We got to get Sam Sam on here, even though he's not a dad. Mm, we have a pretty clear cut criteria for what it takes to be on here. And if you're missing 50% of that criteria. But hear me out. Sam Sam, his mechanical expertise could provide value to our listeners. Just a podcast. What's he going to say? Like, get up, tune up. Come on. I, I just got my bike back from a tune up with Sam Sam and it is amazing. In fact, I'm just scared to put it on my trainer because I don't want to ruin the pristine bar tape job. The feeling of a freshly tuned bike. Mm. It's so nice. It's so nice. nice. I feel like we're getting, I'm glad we are engaged (laughs) in this venture together. I'm Hey, Aaron, Aaron. I'm wrapping this up. Okay, bud. Okay. Okay. I'm very glad we're engaged. This is a clearly going to be a very engaging podcast. People are really going to enjoy uh, our dynamic together. You're going to enjoy our local celebrity guests that are going to be coming on. All dads. All dads. All dads. All dads. Yep. So, so what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to do this. And we're going to have other dads come on and tell their story, and then we're gonna we're gonna talk about ways to to keep you going because as Dev and I both found after you have the kids, you got to stay on the bike. And it is so yep. tempting to, to go off and do something crazy, like pick up uh, curling or uh, another uh, rugby. I've seen a lot of cyclists lost uh-uh. rugby. And uh, oh. we're here We're here to keep you on the straight and narrow, folks. We're here to keep you on the 20 bucks. No this one isn't 20 the bucks. concussed dad's club, okay? Cycling is better than rugby. <laughs> Thank you all very much for listening to our first episode uh we're so excited to have you guys here um i think i think i speak for Devin. i can't be sure ever of of that but um uh, keep an eye out for more episodes and events we're going to be doing group rides locally um we're going to have perhaps some merch coming out uh it's we're in talks we are in talks we are in talks (laughs) for cool dad cycling club kit but it's all yeah. talk. It is all talk. As it is, is this podcast. It is all talk at this point. Uh, and if you know who I am and you know who Devin is, uh, you'll get that joke. And otherwise, you won't. Uh, thank you, folks. Uh, have a, a great week of riding uh, and looking forward to uh, uh, talking to more dads uh, very soon and bringing that to you uh, shortly. Mm-hmm.